Watched it coming up Winslow down South Park Boulevard It was looking good from tail to hood Great big fins and painted steel Man, it looked just like the Batmobile With my old man behind the wheel Well, you could hardly even see him in all of that chrome The man with the plan and the pocket comb But every night it carried him home And I could hear him saying Don't you give me no Buick Son, you must take my word If there's a God in heaven He's got a silver thunderbird You can keep your Eldorados And the foreign cars absurd Me, I wanna go down In a silver thunderbird Got up every morning while I was still asleep But I remember the sound of him shuffling around Right before the crack of dawn It's when I heard him turn the motor on But when I got up they were gone Down the road in the rain and snow The man and his machine would go Secrets that old car would know Sometimes I hear him singing Don't you give me no beauty Son, you must take my word If there's a God in heaven He's got a silver thunderbird You can keep your Eldorados And the foreign cars absurd You're listening to Left of the Dial. I'm your host, Kitsy, and with me once again is the unsweetened Caleb Coy. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, yeah. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am trying to trying to stay hydrated. I got I brought extra water this time. Gotta stay hydrated. So I don't have to, to, to take a walk away. This room, when closed, gets a little bit on the warm side. And, you know, by nature of doing podcasts, we're, we're talking a lot, so. One might even say too much. Sometimes. That's, that's absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> so, Caleb, we're continuing our theme uh, this month of stepping out of our comfort zone and picking things we might not normally pick. Uh, yeah. So with that in mind, what did you pick for this week? This is something that is very much in my comfort zone, but is, I think, a step out of the, the norm for this podcast. And it's one that I've been sitting on for months now, thinking, like, when is a good time to talk about this record? Uh, and, of course, if you paid attention at all when you clicked play, uh, you know that we're talking about the self-titled 1991 record from Mark Cohn. And, of course, coming in to the episode, you heard the track Silver Thunderbird, which is track three on that record. I didn't do a lot of research for this episode, as I will often do when we uh, discuss new artists, uh, because this is one that's, uh, 
I feel very much an emotional connection too. So I want to talk more from the heart and less from Wikipedia uh, or various album reviews. Excellent. <laughs> than I might normally. Um, I love Mark Cohn. Absolutely love. And I can't tell you when I discovered that. I'm sure it probably, like most people know his his single Walking in Memphis, which we're, we'll talk about that eventually. Uh, I feel like that's a fairly well-known track. Mm-hmm. And I probably heard that as a kid and uh, it, it probably stuck with me. Um, but I just, this is a record that I picked up years ago on compact disc. Ooh. And uh, I used to to keep it in my car back back in the days when I owned a car. And um, I didn't drive very often. After I moved out here to St. Louis the first time, I was I lived right on a, a metro line, and I worked at the uh, local mall that was right off the metro line. So I didn't have to drive, and that was awesome. I loved it. I had driven a lot in my youth, and that was a huge part of my identity. It was kind of a weird thing. Uh, people used to make jokes about it all the time. Um, but I, I got away from that here. But sometimes on Sunday mornings when I had to work a shift over at the, the Apple store, I would get in my car and I would drive just just for something different uh, because, you know, Ellen didn't need the car on Sundays. She was also off. And this CD was always in my car, uh, always in that car in particular. And I would put it in and I would have my, uh, I used to call it Sunday morning gospel hour. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and you know, Mark Cohn isn't necessarily a gospel singer. In fact, um, he's a, he's a very much a pop singer. Uh, and I will later make the case of why I think he is one of the most, if not the most badass pop singers, uh, of our time. But his, his music is very inspired by, uh, kind of the Southern gospel, very piano ballad led. Uh, and there are parts on this record that do feel like they could have been listed straight off a, a gospel record. Uh, and I've always appreciated that. Uh, we've talked a little bit in the past before about how that was kind of part of my upbringing. I had this split where like my mom listened to like Amy Grant and Brian Adams and Air Supply uh, and stuff like that. And my dad listened, uh, you know, at, in my younger years after I was born almost exclusively to gospel, like Jimmy Swagger and stuff like that. Uh, and so I had this weird mix of like pop and gospel in my upbringing. Uh, and like, that's what influenced me a lot. And so hearing Mark Cohn, it very much brings me to that. Like, you know, people talk about music being like a spiritual experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. hear that quite a bit. Um, and more often than not, I don't really think about it in that way. I do think about it you know, as, a, as an emotional and a mental connection, uh, but I don't really think about it in terms of spirituality. But if I'm going to call anything a you know, spiritual connection for me musically, it's this record. Okay. <laughs> um, and essentially, we just, uh, we just watched the movie Soul, the new Pixar movie that just came out, and they do a really good job of, uh, as Pixar is often wont to do, uh, of really like nailing what that connection feels like. You know, I think about like with uh, Inside Out, how they really nailed what like emotions and like what, you know, it's like inside people's heads. Soul really nails that, that emotional connection or that spiritual connection of music. And so I would, I would get in my car and I would have my, uh, my Sunday morning gospel time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I don't know much about cars. I've never been a car person, um, never got into to car culture. Uh, but that said, I've always loved a Thunderbird. <laughs> <laughs> and this this song is not entirely to uh, 
to, to blame for that. Uh, my dad did actually own a, uh, it was a newer Thunderbird. It was in the 90s, so it wasn't at all like what Mark describes in this song with the the fins and the chrome and like, you know, describing it as looking like the Batmobile, which, yep. you know, obviously we're talking about the, like, the 66, you know, um, Adam West Batmobile, the the Ford Futura, or uh, Mercury, it was a Futura, I don't remember the the make. Um, so not at all like that, but like, I still have this, this little bit of like a childhood connection to like, my dad had a Thunderbird too. And... <laughs> Um, it's, it's kind of, I mean, the, these old, like mid-century American cars, like, <clears throat> I feel like there, there's, there's not really, the, I, I don't think there's a coincidence that the American auto industry, uh, and some of the best known music, uh, in American history, uh, both came out of Detroit. Like there's Go on. very much a, an aspect of design and of soul and of beauty and sometimes just like grandeur that comes from both the uh, the auto industry of that time and of, of the music. There's there's a lot of a lot of heart to it, uh, and I I just kind of made that connection. I think it was just this morning in the shower. I was thinking about it. Oh. it was like, um, the building that I live in and this whole block of buildings essentially uh, are old uh, showrooms from like when St. Louis was a, a, a kind of a, a booming uh, auto industry town. And we also have a really rich uh, musical history here, too. You think of people like uh, Chuck Berry uh, and other like fairly famous like rock and blues artists that have come out of this town. And I feel like if you did enough searching, you would find a reasonable degree of connection uh, to the, these old auto towns and the, the rich musical history of the U.S., that's an interesting point. I never really thought about that, but now that I do think about it, it it, it makes sense, right? Yeah, and it's like it, it just it was an idea that kind of formulated in my in my head today. And if I had had more time with it, I feel like I, I would have made that my my thesis of this episode. Uh, following on your, uh, I think successful proving about uh, fun being the new queen uh, last week. Uh, but it's it's definitely I I think it's worth pursuing and you know maybe if there's anyone out there who's uh, you know, a little bit more uh, academically inclined and, and wants to look into it, let us know what you think. Yeah, I would be interested to know. There's a lot of imagery in religion uh, all through the world of what God is or who God is or what God is like, uh, whether they be you know a wise woman a great warrior, an angry old man, a, like aloof spirits, like whatever. I feel like it's a very uniquely American thing to say God drives a Ford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right there. I mean, I've never heard uh, anyone from the UK, for example, say that God drives a Mini. You know, come to think of it, just the idea of God driving a car at all is a very American <laughs> thing, you know? right. Got that American car culture going on. You know, it's it's funny. You mentioned not really being a car guy, um, and I'm not either, really. Uh, although I might be a little bit more than you, uh, which is not saying much. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I actually grew up around a lot of classic cars because my grandparents were super into them. Um, my grandmother had this uh, like '65 uh, Ford Mustang, which was. Uh, a really cool car, but my grandfather mm. had a 55 T-Bird. Oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> that thing was, uh, first of all, it was a fucking boat. Um, yes. It, it was a boat of a car, but man, was that thing beautiful. Um, so I can certainly, it, it was not silver though, it was black, uh, but I can certainly appreciate the imagery just thinking about uh, my grandfather driving that car around. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, because he doesn't mention the the model year uh, in the song, and just knowing like what that uh, era of Thunderbird looked uh, looked like, I wouldn't be surprised at all if like, that's exactly what he's describing. Well, I'm pretty sure if God was going to drive a Thunderbird, it'd be that era for sure. <laughs> I mean, but you know, I, I mentioned that I I used to be very into to driving. Um, and, you know, sometimes that means driving with other people. Uh, but more often than not, it was, it was people I knew and, and not strangers. That's my segue. God to strangers it. in a car. God damn it. <laughs> We're going to talk about another car song. That's uh, track eight called Strangers in a Car. There's a stranger in a car Driving down your street like he knows who you are Slaps his hand on the empty seat And says Are you gonna get in? Or are you gonna stay out? Just a stranger in a car Might be the one he told you So my immediate thoughts are, if you made this a more guitar-driven rock song, this would be a Bruce Springsteen song. Okay. That's my immediate thought. Uh, and just, like, a lot of the, the the melodies that Mark is using and some of the inflections of the way he's delivering lines are very Bruce Springsteen to me. Uh, yeah. And I mean that in a very good way, of 
course. Yeah, that's that's what really stuck out to me about this one. I have somewhat conflicting feelings about this song. Um, on a like completely surface level, I love it. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, there's a, a pretty decent dynamic range on this record. Um, a lot of these tracks are full bend. There's some really subtle layers. Like if you listen closely and I can't remember which song it is, but one of the songs is a very, very super subtle, uh, like almost like flute or some sort of pipe playing in the, the background. Mm-hmm. Some have just like a, a little hint of a synth. Uh, some of them are layers of lush, like organs and piano and, uh, you know, acoustic guitar and everything. This is just him playing the piano and singing through the whole thing. And it's a reasonably short song. It's, it clocks in under three minutes. Uh, it's just him playing the piano and singing. And it's this beautiful melody and I love it. It also gets a little on the creepy side. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and like it, it. I should say it starts a little on the creepy side. It becomes this kind of like really kind of gentle, beautiful love song-ish type story about, you know, taking a chance. Uh, But, you know, when he starts out talking about, you know, there's a stranger in a car driving down your street and he's like, hey, you going to get in? And you're like, maybe not. I don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) But I do. I love the lines where he says, you don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're doing. Hell, it might be the highway to heaven and it might be the road to ruin. But this is a song for strangers in a car. And maybe that's all we really are. Man, that's deep. It's deep. Maybe that Um, is all we really are. Maybe it is. And like, how much do we really know anyone? And, you know. How much? How much of our life is really about just taking that that first chance and just you know, get in the car and go? I don't know. Uh, don't get in cars with strangers unless you're paying them. Unless it's app, unless I it's I don't know. Uber, I guess. <laughs> unless I, it's Lyft, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 kind of funny that all our lives growing up, uh, you know, our parents and our teachers <laughs> and our police officers and all the authority figures in our lives are like don't meet people from the internet don't get in strangers cars and now here we are and it's like literally summon a stranger from the internet to get in their car (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing it's amazing i don't know if we if like that was an inevitable uh, result of like people of our generation being taught that for so long that we were just going to find a way to to do it and be like ah take that mom and dad uh or (laughs) what but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, also, especially if you if you hear him tell it, um, the song is basically exactly how my parents met, like my biological parents, my dad and my mother. Oh, uh, where <laughs> he was uh, a visiting visiting pastor in her small town and rolled up one day and was like, "Hey there!" and then eventually they got married. I mean, there's more to it, but like it's it's actually not really that interesting of a story. So, so basically your dad just creeped up on your mom in his car and was like, Hey, where are you heading? And she was like, there's a handsome man. And she's like, anywhere, this is anywhere a- that Thunderbird's going. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere, but this town. <laughs> um, That's wild. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't ever got it. Like you've, you've been out here to the city. Um, but thankfully for you, you've never had a chance to see, uh, where my parents are from, which uh, like you can absolutely be forgiven for uh, someone rolling up and saying like, "Hey, do you want to leave this place with me?" and saying, "Yeah, you know what? Let's do that." 
<laughs> Sounds a lot like where I grew up. <laughs> yes, yes, very much. So yeah, I mean, I, I love this song. It's beautiful, but the there is a the, there's a little bit of imagery in it that I'm like, I don't, not Mark. Maybe you could have thought this through a little bit better. Maybe don't. Maybe don't. Maybe just don't. But I mean, there's a lot of great examples of. Really good storytelling on this record, though. Yes, and I think this is this is one of those, and I think the simplicity of the instrumentation really lends itself to to that storytelling. It's just kind of putting you right there in in the moment. Um, doesn't feel at all like it, but it's kind of a similar idea to like I don't know, like the Piano Man. It's just like a guy telling a story about something that happened. But yeah, so I, I talked about how Strangers in a Car is. Like this really simple, uh, very piano-driven song. Uh, but there's uh, one track uh, on this record that uh, really stands out for being uh, the opposite, not piano-driven at all. But before we get into that, uh, we should probably, uh, first of all, say, hey, thanks for listening. Yeah. And uh, thanks for subscribing, uh, because we know that you already have. You definitely but- have already subscribed. I-, I know you have. I know in my heart that you wouldn't just listen to our podcast and not subscribe. You wouldn't do us dirty like that. We believe it. Uh, but if you know someone who hasn't subscribed, make sure you remind them to uh, to click that subscribe button or follow, depending on what your uh, what your podcaster calls it. Catcher? Podcatcher. We're the podcasters. It's the podcatcher. I finally got that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Huh? You've only been but doing the podcast a- for how long now? Oh, my God. It, like Michael and I were just talking about how we're about to wrap up year three for... For never heard of it, and this is year two now for for this, and still no one stopped you. No, <laughs> I have not received my sternly worded letter. I have changed my address a couple times since. So That's probably why it it could have just gotten lost in the mail. They can't find you. We know that uh, the, the post office has had some some issues in the last couple of years. So like, yeah, it's 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 probably out there somewhere. Caleb, you are always one step ahead of the FCC. <laughs> Come and get me. No, please don't. <laughs> I, I would like to keep doing this. <laughs> Uh, and of course, uh, you know, in addition to subscribing to this show, we've got a bunch more and, uh, it turns out since no one is stopping us, we just keep making them. So someone please stop us. Out, someone please. Uh, so if you want to find out what, you know, the rest of what we're doing over here at night shift radio, uh, check out nightshiftradio.com. You can check out all the shows that we have, uh, uh, that we have currently and any new ones that, that are going to pop up, uh, in the, in the coming year, the coming months. Uh, we've got a, a blog on there where we, we have content from all of our shows and, uh, you know, we've also, uh, we've uh, got ways for you to, to get in touch with us, uh, through there. So, uh, you know, we like hearing from people. Yeah. But all that said, uh, let's dig down deep into this record. And by that, I mean the fourth track, <sighs> which is called Dig Down Deep. Did you like plan out your tracks just to have good segues or is this just naturally happening it's really just happening wow that's something right (laughs) so in some ways dig down deep is almost the the opposite of strangers in a car but it also i I feel like is is kind of a a continuation on the theme in a way okay uh so where Mark Cohn is very much known for his piano playing, and most of these tracks are very piano forward. And you know, we, we talked about "Strangers in a Car" is just piano. Mm-hmm. 
this song is strangely uh, guitar-driven. There's little, possibly no piano in this song at all. Um, it's very much driven by you know an acoustic guitar riff. There's a little bit of a, a wet, uh, tremolo sound uh, in parts of it, which I love. You know, I love that. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, this feels like this is a coffee house jam. Okay. <laughs> and um, and so like it it still has a very low key energy to it, but instead of being a short piano ballad, it's it's one of the longer tracks on the record, uh, and it's, it's all guitar. Uh, and it's it's more choppy. It's more like rhythmic based. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you could almost picture someone playing kind of a, a slow, like deep drum beat to it. Um, but it, you know, it's kind of continuing a little bit on the the theme from from Strangers, where you know talking about taking that chance, you know, meeting someone, getting to know them, uh, and this is like carrying that further, like. Let's go past this like surface level interaction and like really get to know one another. Really like, I mean, dig down deep <laughs> into like who we are, uh, and that's I think that that's kind of a, an interesting imagery. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily that this is one of my favorite tracks on the record, but I think it's an interesting one to call out for those reasons. I think it actually is one of my favorite tracks on the record. Um, Specifically, Neat. specifically because of the guitar work. Um, you know me; I'm a sucker for for guitars, and yeah. uh, I, the guitar work on this is so good. And I especially love just the 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 really nice interplay of the lyrics and the um, the music in mm-hmm. the chorus, where you've got the uh, like the, the instrumentation, the chord progression is dis- is ascending. But then with the dig down deep, you've got him descending in the melody. So they kind of like cross each other. It's very cool. Um, And I especially love that, you know, he's saying dig down deep as he's going down in in pitch, which is just. uh, Yes, it's just it's it really it really brings the metaphor to life for me. And Mm -hmm. I, I love it for that. I think it's it's a really effective song. There's a lot of what feels like that, like intention and thoughtfulness to the writing on this record. Oh, for sure. And I'm glad that you called that out because that's absolutely true. Uh, and uh, just like, I, I get really excited about this record. It's a super mellow record. This isn't like, you know, raise your fist and party like ACDC, but like, I get a very similar level of excitement talking about it. Um, and again, we, you know, I, I talked about putting this on in my car and having Sunday morning gospel hour. Well, you know, after we got rid of the car entirely and stopped driving, we would still sometimes put this record on and still do actually, we did it this morning, uh, put this record on in the house and listen to it and be like, it's Sunday morning gospel. Or sometimes it would be Saturday or maybe Tuesday. It doesn't matter. It's just like, we're going to, we're going to have a little gospel hour. And this is the closest to, uh, a Sunday morning gospel hour that is allowed in my house. Um, because, uh, my, my wife, uh, Ellen wisely wouldn't allow other, uh, but <laughs> I, I appreciate having just this little bit of a, of a connection to that that past. You know, it's it's interesting that you you keep bringing up the gospel connection here with with Mark Cohn because um, he's actually Jewish. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> um, he's, he's actually Jewish. In fact, uh, and we can talk about this more when we get to walking on Memphis, but there's that line, uh, where, you know, boy, are you a Christian? He says, I just might be tonight. 
Uh, yeah. Because he's not, he's Jewish. And I think that's, yeah. I think it's just funny that he kind of gets this like, this gospel, uh, you know, label almost uh, when he's just not that at all. And I think that's just, that's kind of fantastic. That's great because that, that kind of touches on a point that I do want to make when we get to uh, Walking in Memphis eventually, uh, which I originally wasn't going to in this episode, but I kind of felt like I have to. Yeah. Uh, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, but adding that, that extra fact uh, is kind of neat. Uh, so with that said, why don't we go ahead and hear um, Dig Down Deep, and then we can get back into talking about whoa, this. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's my job. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and hear Dig Down Deep (laughs) and take a break and hear from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about uh, Mark Cohn's 1991 self-titled album. So stay tuned. Take down deep inside 
brand new show called fight jokes about everything every monday wednesday and friday we're going to bring up a brand new topic something that's hot on the internet because because i live on the internet and we're going to take those silly things and we're going to joke about them and we're going to you know talk a little bit about the history of them and talk about why the internet is such a terrible but wonderful place so please join me every monday wednesday and friday for this brand new night shift radio original for more information go to nightshiftradio.com and of course subscribe wherever you get podcasts Hi, I'm Sarah Sweeney, host of the new podcast, Latchkey Kids. Right now, we're all at home left to our own devices without any adult supervision. Each weekish, I'll talk to my fellow Latchkey Kids about what they're up to, how they're wasting time, and, because I can, make them perform a dramatic reading of a TV show theme song. So join me wherever you get your podcasts. Mindless monsters, once thought human, fill the streets. A corrupt government threatens the lives of the people it's meant to serve. This sounds a little too familiar. Is this real life? Or a video game you can play for fun? Shift Talk Q, Night Shift Radio's newest original production, is your LGBTQ centered source for creative and thoughtful discussions and news at the intersection of gaming, diversity, and community. You can expect unboxings, game reviews, let's plays, community nights, celebrations of what video games are doing right, critical conversations about where the gaming industry needs to do better, and so much more. Be the first to know when new episodes drop by following us on Twitter and Instagram at NSR Shift Alt Q. And on Twitch at Shift Alt Q to join the community. For more information about Shift Alt Q, visit nightshiftradio.com.
talks about some fateful day And I guess that this was mine I may be here to tell some kind of story But I think it's gonna take a little time That's alright See I'm rocking in a cradle down a hall somewhere And I am lost inside a dream Maybe I am falling, maybe I am flying, but I know if I am crying, she's holding me. And then the sky broke up, and then the rain came down, and it washed away everything on the ground. Wash it away, wash it away, wash it away. That bottle filled with lightning and rain She keeps calling out for someone But she's riding on a train Riding on the ghost train And she keeps on riding She's gonna keep on riding Mama keep on riding still listening to left of the dial i am still kitsy caleb is still unsweetened mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all natural and we are still talking <laughs> about uh mark cone's 1991 self-titled album mark cone because that's how self-titled albums work it is surprisingly enough yeah 
Who knew? So, Caleb, what did we just hear coming back? So, coming back in, we heard the second track on this record, which is called Ghost Train. Uh, and this is one that I have I've, I've loved for, for a long time. Uh, and I was just like really appreciated uh, both the, the imagery and the, the lyrics, this kind of uh, this depth of, of loss and whatnot, and also just how rich the instrumentation is on this yes. song. It's very, uh, very organ driven uh, and very soulful. There's layers of vocals that are both uh, you know harmonizing in support of the melody, but also just adding. Uh, another layer to the the music as well, just kind of like single note ooze and stuff like that, that really give this a richness. It's a very, for the most part, another very simple song, uh, you know, very low key. But like, if you start to to listen deep, if you if you kind of dig down deep, you <laughs> really start to hear more and more. And that's something that I, I think uh, for anyone who's not familiar with this record or has only like casually listened to to Mark Cohn stuff, like. I really want you to take away that from from listening to this is like the more carefully you listen to this record, the more you will hear. Yeah, I think that's very true. Um, I've only heard this record a few times. Uh, I had not heard anything other than Walking in Memphis when you had uh, pitched this record for this episode. Excellent. Uh, so uh, I've, you know, and every time I listen, I hear a little bit more. And especially in this track, um, the... Like you said, the instrumentation in this is is very, I think lush is the word that you used. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't agree more. I think also the, it's got such a good groove to it. Like yes. you just, I defy anyone to listen to their, this song and not just kind of like nod your head and sway a little bit while you listen to it. It's hard not to. I know mm-hmm. we, we were both doing it here as we were sitting here listening to the song uh, before we came back from the break. And it's Absolutely. just, it's just delightful. Um I wish I could tell you what this song reminds me of, but I can't for the life of me think of it. But it's it's something. I, I guarantee you my mom would would know exactly what it is right away because that's just who she is as a person. Um, like, I, I guarantee if I played her this song, it's like, what does this remind me of? She'd tell me and be like, yeah, you're right. Uh, so if, mom, if, if you're you, listening, text me. I say, if you if you do that, let us know. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I, I mentioned that, like I've always appreciated the imagery of this song and how I've always like kind of picked up on the like, Really like heartfelt, the, like the sense of loss, and like this this idea, of, like you know, he keeps calling out for someone, but she's riding on a train, on on a ghost train. Um, <clears throat> but it wasn't until preparing for this uh, this episode that I came across where like Mark actually talks about writing this song, um, and he says, you know, it was one of the the last songs I wrote for the record, uh, and I think I had the title first and started to almost subconsciously write the narrative about the passing of my mother when I was two years old. Aww. But from a two-year-old's near pre-verbal perspective. So uh, he says the, the imagery of everything being washed away and destroyed makes perfect sense from that vantage point. And then listening to it again, like with that understanding, and it makes so much more sense. Uh, and especially when he gets to the party, you know, some trains, they leave in the morning, some leave in the afternoon, some they, they leave right on time, and some they just leave too soon. And like you apply that to the idea of, of loss and like that's such a powerful image that like if you don't know that background like it, you still feel it but like knowing that brings just an, an a new depth to the song for and sure i love it even more knowing that um especially like you know having lost my mother like 
I can relate to that. Um, and I was also just thinking, um, just doing some some very basic mental math. This this is easy math. I can do this math. This record came out when I was ten, uh, and is now this year turning thirty. Oh wow! <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Technically, I was nine when it came out, but it was the same year that I turned ten, oh, so I, I count it. I see. I see. So I've talked. A, f- a couple times so far in this episode about how it used to be, uh, you know, one who would, who would drive ever. I mean, that was kind of the nature of where we grew up. We lived in a very rural place, and even in the the city, quote unquote, um, everyone still drove everywhere. The idea of not driving even short distances was very foreign to me until I moved here, and really until I around the time that I started getting really into this record as an adult. Interesting. Um, and I, I I started to to walk everywhere, and there's uh, a, a uh, really great. We, uh, is it is it time? It's almost time. Okay, but not quite. <laughs> um, there's a, there's a lot of really great uh, imagery about cars and about driving on this record, but there's also great songs about walking, uh, and in this case, about walking on water. Let's go down to the sound tonight. Tide is low and we can walk on water Reel me in under that starry night Just like the fisherman's daughter Baby, when the bears and the barkers go home They say that Venus, she rises from out of the foam Dances on air and laughs at the moon And watches young lovers in fiery dunes So are you willing to wait for the miracle? Willing to wait it through? Are you willing to wait for the miracle? Or don't you believe they're true? There's an old man sitting by the side of the pier He's got his cross and his camera and his bottle of beer He just sits all day and all through the night Praying for a vision or a heavenly light Cause he's willing to wait for the miracle Willing to wait it through He's willing to wait for the miracle What else is it going?
just can't wait for you Let's go down to the sound tonight Walk on water So if I had to pick a favorite song on this record that isn't Walking in Memphis, it would be this song easily. Um, in part because it has a very similar vibe. I mean, one thing that I've always loved about a, a good piano player is they can take a relatively simple chord progression and just really fill it out with the rest of the notes and the way that their fingers move on the keys. Uh, it just It's like a, an audible dance. And it's the, the best way that I can describe it. And that's something I've, I've always been jealous about a, a good piano player. So I can't do that. Like I can play basic chords and that's it. Uh, basically like any instrument that I play. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I, I really appreciate it. Um, and this is a, you know, a, a, another just beautiful, very piano driven song. Uh, but I mentioned earlier that like he does these really great things where he just builds in these really subtle layers. Uh, and I said that there was a track on here that I remember there being like a flute or a, a pipe of some sort. Mm-hmm. It's this track. And it's actually in probably my favorite part of the song, which is in the ending, mm-hmm. uh, when he's repeating the, the refrain from the very first verse, you know, let's go down to the sound tonight and walk on water. And it's just this light kind of floating in the background, subtle enough that you'd miss it if you're not paying attention, uh, which clearly I had missed it plenty of times to not realize until today that it was there. Um, But it almost brings to mind the imagery of like wind blowing across like the water and across the pier, uh, which is this whole story. Uh, And again, if you don't know anything about Marcone's music or his, uh, his heritage, you could be forgiven for listening to this song and thinking that it was written by a gospel singer. There's a, a lot of imagery in there that mm-hmm. calls that to mind. You know, when he talks about, you know, an old man sitting on the side of the pier with his cross and his camera and his bottle of beer, you know, sits all day and all through the night praying for a vision of, or a heavenly light. And just the, like the, the question that repeats in the chorus, are you willing to wait for the miracle? I'm not. I got places to be. <laughs> I love what this song calls to mind in my head of a dark night, quiet night, everyone's gone home and you're just by the water. And, you know, that's when, you know, a a time that miracles can happen, a time when the the world can kind of come to life in a way that most people might miss because they've moved on or they're too busy. Uh, And I just, I think that that's really, really neat. I also, I know that Sound is just a type of, you know, body of water or, or where water meets land. But in my mind, I always picture it being Puget Sound, and I love Seattle, so. I also do kind of like the the wordplay there of, like, you know, let's go down to the sound, and but it's, you know, talking about music. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something about that just kind of tickles me a little bit. I like that. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like before I really had a, a good understanding of what a sound was, that... that 
uh, that, that, that caught me. I was like, oh, is, he, is he talking about like down to the sound, like something to do with music? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's, I, I really, I love this track. It's so pretty. And it's one that I can, I can listen to over and over again. So there's, this song's a, a good example of kind of the, the, con- the confliction that I feel about this record. Um, is confliction a word? I don't think it is, but it, it is now. Um, it is now. You said it. I said it. That's legal. So uh, so there's a couple things I like about this song. Mainly, there's like the there's that subtle background. I can't remember if they're ooze or oz in the chorus. Or not the chorus, mm-hmm. but the there's a part that has ooze and oz in it that are kind of subtle. And the way the chord progression moves and the way those background vocals move um, reminds me a lot of... Um, I can't think of the name of it right now, but there's a Tom Petty song that uh, that kind of oh, reminds me of. Okay. Yeah, and so I think that's kind of cool because again, this guy keeps reminding me in like in little small moments of all these different songwriters that I really admire and, and really enjoy. So I think that's really cool. But this song is also a good example to me of what I don't like about this record. And okay. that is how... I don't, I don't know if digital's the right word because I feel like I'm going to say that and then someone's going to be like, actually, this was recorded on two-inch analog tape. And I'll be like, well, <laughs> fuck me, I guess. Um, but, Excellent. But something about this record, everything sounds so sterile and perfect. Like, the piano okay. sounds too perfect to me. Like, it, it almost sounds like it's one of those, like, you know, really expensive, like big Korg, like 88 key, like with the super realistic grand piano sounds in them where like the reverb's just perfect. And the, the <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's too perfect. And maybe they just did a really fucking good job recording a really nice piano in a really good room. And if that's the case, that's awesome. But something about it to me, just, it sounds too sterile. Um, and same thing with those backing vocals, those ooze, those ahs or whatever they sound synthetic to me because they're almost too perfect. And I don't know if they are. I don't know if they're real. I, I tried to dig up a little bit about how this record was recorded and didn't come up with a whole lot in the admittedly less than five minutes I spent looking for it. Um, Fair. But it, it, it's just, I, I like the record, but sometimes the sounds are just a little too perfect for me. And that kind of takes me out of it a little bit. Okay. Well, that, I feel like that takes us like way back to like the very beginning of this podcast, where that's kind of a common theme that we've talked about. Where uh, you do tend to gravitate towards things that are a little bit uh, more raw, a little bit more rough around the edges. Where like for me, something that's super polished, uh, it, like is exactly what I what I love, and I I feel like this is a great example of yeah. that, and probably a great example of why I'm like that. Uh, yeah. because I've been in love with this record for so long. Now, I don't know uh, any more than you do what uh, he played in the studio for this. I know I've seen Mark play live, and it's always on like a, a, a big old grand piano. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he played, and they just did a really good job with with recording it. But I, I hope, don't know. I hope I mean, that's what it is. I hope I, I'm just being too nitpicky and that it's like, like, oh, the recording's too good for you? Okay, I see how it is. <laughs> say, like, if the biggest complaint is that the record is, like, too flawless, then uh, I guess mission accomplished. <laughs> so, Caleb, the time has come. The time has come, but, but before we do that... Yes? 
I didn't know if you were going to jump in. Oh, oh, you, oh, you were just <laughs> leaving it for me. Um, well, Caleb, we talked earlier about all the great things we're doing over at Night Shift Radio, and uh, and that's pretty cool. But but what yeah. if I specifically wanted to know more about you, Caleb, as a person? I would be concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. But that said, if you do, um, I, I do tend to, to spend probably uh, more than my fair share of time uh, on the internet, uh, frequenting uh, such websites as Twitter.com and Instagram.com uh, under the uh, not-so-secretive and pretty-easy-to-find handle of at Caleb Micah, which is basically just my name. Sure is. But Kissy, what about you? Where can they find you? Uh, well, I'm also on the Twitter and the Instagram uh, over at Hey Kitsy. Hey, Kitsy! Hey, Caleb! <laughs> uh, and if you head over to my Instagram uh, shortly after listening to this, or really anytime, but uh, I just posted a picture of my new studio that I'm building. Oh, it's uh, so cool. It's, uh, it's, there's still a lot to do, but I finally am in the room. This is the first recording in the new room, which sounds... Uh, I don't know how it sounds yet because I haven't listened to this, but... Uh, it feels really good to be in this room. The lighting is very delightful. Um, and it's just, it's just, uh, it's a really cool space. And I've been working towards getting a space like this for a long time. So it feels really good. Anyway, there's a picture of that on my Instagram is what I'm trying to say. Uh, if you feel like looking at that and if you don't, that's fine too. Um, but of course you can also find us over at left of the dial.fm where you can, Find uh, links to everything we talked about in this episode, some show notes and whatnot, as well as things we talked about in previous episodes. Uh, you can also listen to this episode and all of our previous episodes and more than likely our future episodes as well. Who knows? Time may stop and there won't be future episodes. We don't know. We have yeah. no idea. We we don't know. We we really just don't know. Uh, but as, as long as we can, we'll be keeping, we'll be uh, continuing to put episodes up on left of the dial dot FM. Uh, you can of course also find us on Twitter and Facebook, I think, and Instagram for sure at left of the dial PC. Uh, the PC stands for, I forget what we decided it stood for last week. Pancakes. Pancakes. It wasn't pancakes. I was thinking it was pound cake. I, no, I said pound cake, and then you said something like pushing constraints or something like that. And that oh, sounded yes, that was. sounded cooler. It was pushing constraints. So, <laughs> because we're we're pushing our constraints this year, we we're, are we're stepping out of our comfort zones. We are, and we're gonna, we we've got some new projects that we're we're launching specifically with Left of the Dial this year, which we're really excited about. So keep an eye on us for that. Uh, but what I can tell you for sure is that the PC does not and will not ever stand for personal computer. That's true. So I can vouch it can, it's might stand for podcast. It might stand for pancake. It might stand for pushing constraints, but it will not ever stand for personal computer. And anyone who tells you otherwise is a liar. So of course it would be just, I think it would just be rude to talk about the 1991 self-titled record by Mark Cohn, uh, without covering the first track, the one that most people know, even if you don't know, you know, it, you know, the song, and that's, of course, Walking in Memphis, uh, which is, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful and perfect piano ballads ever written uh, by, I mentioned earlier, uh, one of, if not the most badass pop singers uh, of our time. And I say that because I, I feel like possibly the, the reason that Mark Cohn moved on from, from his, his car-centered life to, uh, to a more walkable, uh, walking-focused one uh, he was carjacked in 2005 
carjacker shot him in the face. Oh, that's right. And not only did he live, but he was released from the hospital uh, like eight hours later. That's insane. <laughs> it's, it's wild. And I remember hearing that story and thinking like, this motherfucker is badass. Uh, obviously, this was well after this record came out. So it, it of course, had nothing to do with uh, the songwriting on it. But it's a really interesting story about a just fascinating man. Uh, who has written one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, in fact, so much do I love this song that it uh, it also inspired one of my own. Uh, the, the track Memphis from Long Since Forgotten's The Theft was, uh, uh, I won't say like influenced by in that, you know, I don't think it sounds like it, but like it was inspired by in, in certain ways. Uh, I just... It's such it's a it's a beautiful song. I've even done the cliche of you know several years ago living down here in, in St. Louis. We we took a trip down uh, I fifty five to to Memphis for the weekend, and of course as soon as we hit town, I put push play on that track. Of course you did. Uh, I had to, um, and you know I mentioned earlier like how how great of a storyteller he is, and this is I think the like ultimate example of that. Talking about going to Memphis and wandering around just kind of awestruck at the the history and culture of that town uh musically and uh, specifically musically but um and you know the 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 part that you mentioned where he's you know muriel plays piano every friday at the hollywood and they brought me down to see her and asked if i would you know do a little number uh and she said tell me are you a christian child and i said ma'am i am tonight <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's like there's that, that, like, you know, I've said over and over again that to me, this is a gospel record, even though it's obviously not. Uh, but that line it, it perfectly encapsulates how I feel about this record. I, you know, I was raised in a Christian home. I am not uh, religious anymore. Uh, you know, I, I walked away from my faith a long time ago. But when I listen to this record, I still have that same feeling, that same experience just without the without the god just the emotional connection of it nice nice yeah and that's i i didn't really process that until preparing for this this record um i knew that like you know i i called it my you know my my gospel hour and this was like you know kind of the way that i would kind of you know approach that that as an adult but it wasn't until like really, really listening and really thinking about why uh, that it, it stood out to me that that line perfectly sums up exactly how I feel about it. Caleb, do you know the the story of this song, like like why he wrote it or how he wrote it? Um, I have heard it, but I don't remember. So if you know it offhand, please share. So I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for it, and I'll I'll send this over to you so we can post it in the show notes. Um, but the the long and short of it is. Um, he was listening to his demos one night and came to the realization that he shouldn't be signed because he didn't have any great songs yet. Huh. Right? He's like sitting there like getting down on his work, you know, like we all do, I'm sure. I know I do. I know you do. I'm sure yeah. other people have as well. Um, and he, he says uh, he was 28 years old and not in love with any of his songs. And he's thinking about how James Taylor had written Fire and Rain when he was 18, which is fucking wild. I did not know right? James Taylor was only 18 when he wrote that. Uh, and Jackson Brown wrote These Days when he was only 17. And Mark thought to himself, like, I'm already 10 years older than these geniuses. It's just never going to happen for me. Like, that's that's hmm. where he was, right? Yeah. And so he's trying to figure out 
um, like what to do. And he, he read that James Taylor often overcame writer's block by going to a place he'd never been. So he decided to visit Memphis. Neat. Yeah. Um, and, uh, a friend told him, uh, that there were two things particularly he had to do. Um, and the first was to go to the full gospel tabernacle church on a Sunday morning to hear Reverend Al Green preach. Um, and the second one was to visit the Hollywood cafe, uh, to see Muriel Davis Wilkins, uh, who was a retired school teacher who performed at the cafe on Friday nights. And she just played a bunch of old, uh, like gospel songs. Neat. Uh, and that's where, like, that was actually a true story that she invited him up on stage to, uh, to play with him. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I really suggest that you read the, the article on Wikipedia cause it's actually really, really cool. Uh, yeah, and I mean, that also makes sense. The line where he says, Reverend Green, Green will be glad to see you when you haven't got a prayer. Exactly. Well, you've got a, you've got a prayer in Memphis. <laughs> That's like, exactly. And the, the, the whole thing about her asking if, if, uh, if he's a Christian, um, and he says, ma'am, I am tonight is, uh, they were, they were trying the they were trying to play something together on stage and there wasn't a song. They couldn't find a song that they both knew in common, like at all. <laughs> Um, so yeah, which is, which is kind of funny. Um, that's yeah. Like that really like, that explains a lot of the energy of this song too, Mm -hmm. that it's like real life experience that it was like, I need to immerse myself in this in order to, to get through this, this block. And he, he has, literal life-changing experiences and writes one of the best songs of all time. I mean, yeah, that's kind of wild is that he's thinking like, I don't have any good songs. It's never going to happen for me. And then he goes to Memphis specifically to cure his writer's block and writes what I would argue is the best song of his career. Like that's just, that's wild. Yeah. Maybe I need to go to Memphis. I I mean, yes, you do. And (laughs) when, when you do, uh, I would like to come as well because I haven't been back in a long time and it's, it's a gorgeous old city. Great food, great music, great people, and I want to go back. Let's, so close. Let's go. <laughs> it's, it's, it is such a short trip, and I've I've only been the one time. I'll fly out to visit you, and we'll take a we'll take a day trip or something to Memphis or a weekend trip or something. Yes, yes. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it up Memphis style. Memphis style. And uh, I I was just a just a little bit younger when I, I wrote the song that I, I said was uh, inspired by this one and uh, nowhere near as good as this song but <laughs> arguably the best I've ever written so fair so uh, that Memphis is the key I, I, I captured a little bit of that energy maybe you did <laughs> no it's like it's, it's it's such a great song and I mean it, if you listen to nothing else by Marcone but this song you you can be forgiven because it's it is like you said, it's it's arguably the the best song of his career. I mean, let's be uh, honest, folks. It's not going to get any better than Walking in Memphis. No, but but there are some uh, gems on this record for sure. Yeah, and I, I think that this is it, like it sets the tone for who Marcone is, what he's about, and what the rest of what you're going to hear on the rest of the record. Um, but again, if you if you put this on, you listen to that song, and that was good enough for you, then hey, I understand. Good enough. Good stuff. Well, we're going to go ahead and hear Walking in Memphis off of Mark Cohen's 1991 self-titled album of the same name. That Mark Cohen's a name, not Walking in Memphis. Yes. That's how self-titled albums work. Uh, Yeah. And uh, 
yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hear that, and that's gonna do it for us. So uh, I forget how how do I do this? It's a new room, and I don't know how to fucking do anything now. Uh, this has been left of the dial. I have been Kitsy. Caleb has been Koi. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Suede shoes and I boarded the plane Touched down in the land of the Delta Blues In the middle of the pouring rain WC handy, won't you look down over me Yeah, I got a first class ticket But I'm as blue as a boy can be Then I'm walking in Memphis Walking with my feet ten feet off a beam Walking in Memphis But do I really feel the way I feel? I saw the ghost of Elvis On Union Avenue Followed him up to the gates of Graceland And I watched him walk right through now security, they did not see him They just hovered around his tomb But there's a pretty little thing Waiting for the king Down in the jungle room When I was walking in Memphis I was walking with my feet Ten feet off a beam Walking in Memphis Catfish on the table They've got gospel in the air Reverend Green Be glad to see you When you haven't got a prayer But boy you got a prayer in Memphis Piano every Friday at the Hollywood, and they brought me down to see her, and they asked me if I would do a little number, and I sang with all my might. She said, Tell me, are you a Christian child? And I said, Ma'am, I am tonight. Ten feet off a beam Walking in Memphis But do I really feel the way I feel Walking in Memphis I was walking with my feet Ten feet off a beam Walking in Memphis Sweet shoes and I boarded the plane Touched down in the land of the Delta Blues In the middle of the pouring rain 
In the middle of the pouring 